God's word. We want to dedicate this service this morning to our dear brother, who's a part of our media ministry, Brother Greg Starks, uh, who is in the Lexington Hospital, had to be rushed to the hospital Friday for emergency surgery. We are praying for Greg. We know that God has already done it. And by God's stripes, he is already healed. Amen. So keep this dear faithful brother in your prayer. The series is entitled, A Dialogue with God. This is part two of this series. Part one was question, were questions that we had of God. Where are you, God? What's up with that? How could you love someone like me? And now, this second part of this series, A Dialogue with God, God says, I have five questions for you. This is the second of five questions that God has for us. Last week was question number one, in which God simply asked us, where are you? Where are you with your relationship with me? This question is found in the book of Proverbs. The subject for the message is taken from the book of Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 the New King James Version. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Verse 5 says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him. I love this scripture. And he shall direct your paths. Once again, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Put your hands right here on your heart. This is God asking us. Amen. Here's the subject for today's message. Repeat these words after me. Do you trust me? That's God to you. Do you trust me? Clap those hands and give God a hand of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God's question to us this morning simply is, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Trust has been described as, and I agree, it has been said that trust is the centerpiece, the cornerstone, the linchpin for all genuine, all healthy, and all lasting relationships. I am here to tell you, if you are involved in any kind of genuine, healthy, and a lasting relationship, it has to involve trust. Amen, someone? Where there is no trust, it's, it's hard to have genuine, healthy relationships. I've heard people say that I've got a good relationship, but we've got some trust issues. I say, that sounds like an oxymoron to me, amen. I mean, how can it be good if there is no trust, amen? 
it can feel good. It can look good. And at times it could be pleasing to you and you may enjoy each other's company. But if there is no trust in any kind of relationship, it cannot be a healthy relationship. I've often said to people, if even in leading people in a relationship, as your pastor, if, if you ever lose trust in me as your leader, it's hard to lead anybody that do not trust you. Amen. Trust is important. In, in, in fact, it has been said that perhaps there is nothing more important to the success of any relationship than trust. And I, I said this morning when I said this, I thought about it twice. In fact, more than twice, even before I decided to incorporate it into this message. I read a quote that says, trust perhaps is even more important to a healthy, genuine relationship than love. I says, wow. They says, uh, you can love, but don't trust. And you can still kind of feel like something is missing. I got the love, but I don't have the trust. You, you still don't feel quite good about it, amen, because you don't know if it's going to last. But the quote went on to say, and someone who did an article that I read in Psychology Today says, but you can love and don't trust, <laughs> and it'll fall apart. But if you trust somebody you don't love you can hang in there and hope that one day it will come together and I said Lord that is somewhat confusing and then God said to me it really isn't because trust is the linchpin and then God made it all clear uh, mother God says really you can have both when you have a relationship with me you can have trust and you can have love but, but I know what the author of the article was trying to say. The author of the article was trying to say that do not sacrifice anything for trust. Don't sacrifice lust. Don't sacrifice attraction. Don't sacrifice financial stability. Because if there is no trust, it will be hard for there to be a successful, healthy relationship. Some of you want to jump up and say amen, but you don't want to give yourself away. So just wiggle your toes in your shoes and says, I know what pastor is talking about. Amen. When the trust is gone, it's hard to put the relationship back together. Amen, somebody. And that's why it is so important to maintain a certain level of trust because knowing uh, that, that it is the one thing in our relationship, even with God, in fact, especially with God, uh, trust is so necessary for us to have a healthy relationship with God. Here's what God said to me, and God says, Daryl, tell the congregation that this is especially true when things are not going well in your life. 
Because you know what happens in any relationship. Let me tell you how it goes. Where there is no trust, it's fine as long as you have no hiccups. It's fine as long as there are no obstacles. But where there is no trust and there becomes bumps in the road and obstacles, the first thing you say is, I knew you were like that all the time. I never believed you anyhow. And so with our relationship with God, help me preach this, tell somebody there will be hiccups. There will be obstacles. There will be roadblocks. And so if you have a healthy relationship with God, but because you trust him, you still maintain your love and your commitment to him. You, you don't just drop God because something hasn't worked out in your life. That's, that's what you do to somebody that you're just using. That's what you do when the relationship is just based solely on what you can get for folk. When you stop able to getting things from them, then the relationship falls apart. But with the relationship with God, even when God doesn't say yes, we still give God our best praise. And even when we have to enter the fiery furnace, we still maintain that God is able. Listen to this text that's found in Daniel chapter 3 concerning three wonderful anointed young men known as the Hebrew uh, boys. It says this, the king says, if you don't bow down and worship the idol God that I have asked you to worship, I will destroy you in the fiery furnace. They made a decision. We're not bowing down to any graven image. The king said, we're going to give you one more time, but we're going to cut the heat up even harder. But you've got to bow down. The king liked these young men. The king uh, had favor on their lives before. But these were young people, catch this, these were young people who were committed to something beyond what was good for them. Here's what they said in verses 16, 17, 18 of the text, and you can go back and read it later. They said to the king, when the king was talking, they said, no disrespect, king. We're not saying this lightly. We're not dishonoring you but we have no intent to ever bow down and sacrifice our moral principles to worship your image God even if we lose our lives and they said and if God doesn't do it we know that we still will not bow down Somebody in here know that God is still able even if God doesn't do it. Now that's trust. Trust say, Lord, I, I, I'm asking for healing. I'm, I am asking for deliverance. But if you don't do it, if you refuse to do it, I know that you are still able. I know that you are a healer and you are a way maker. Some of the most fondest memories in my ministry have been when I've been at the bedside of those who were lovers of Christ, born again believers, and they were about to transition into another life. I remember distinctly, and I told this story this morning, uh, Sister Floretta Sutton, Mother Josephine Anderson's granddaughter, uh, they called me, and Mother Josephine Anderson, one of our matriarchs of this ministry, was about to transition 
to go on to be with the Lord. Her body was racked with pain. You could see the discomfort all in her body. And I went there. I would never forget one Saturday afternoon and her family was standing around and we were all praying and, and you could tell she was in excruciating pain and they were wiping her head and saying, Mama, it's going to be all right. And, and they said, Daryl, can we just pray? And God told me to pray the prayer of transition, to pray that God let your will be done because some things are better than your healing. And that is you transitioning to a better place with God. And so we close our eyes, and the church mothers would understand this. Those of you who are faithful and lawyer, Mother Williams and others, those of you who love the Lord, you would appreciate this. This elderly lady who's given her life to the Lord all of her life in excruciating pain, we grabbed her hands and we began to pray the prayer of faith. And to this point, they said she had not said anything. She had been quiet for a day or two. But when I grabbed her, and, and I began to pray. I can hear some words uh, being uttered out of her mouth. And we quickly realized that she was speaking in tongues. Ooh, that, that As Mother Anderson often did, she was speaking in tongues. And then she raised her head and said, Lord, I thank you. Oh, and I left there with tears in my eyes. I said, this woman, just in an hour or so later, she transitioned and left. I said, the devil could have made her mad and angry. But when you have a relationship with God, and even if God doesn't heal you, you still know how to give God praise. Somebody in here ought to give God some praise of what God is able to do because God doesn't owe us anything. Anyone in here know how to trust God as you go through the most difficult times of your life? Can you lift your hands in the midst of being broke, sick, heartbroken and say, Lord, I still trust you. Lord, I still love you. God is good all the time. Well, you've got about 30 seconds to give God your best. I trust you, please. Come on, somebody. Just, 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 just take a moment to say, but I still trust it. Body is sick. Pain rack your body. But I still trust you. And even if you don't do it, I still know you're able to do it. And I, you can't make me doubt it. Woo! The old church says, I know too much, too much about him. Y'all sit down before church breaks out. How many of you got such a relationship with God? Listen to this, my brothers and sisters. No matter what you go through, no matter what the report is, no matter how dark it seems, you don't ever lose trust in the God you serve. How many know how to trust him even in the valley of the shadow of death? Listen to this. In our text, King Solomon writes these most powerful and profound words concerning trust. These verses in this chapter are perhaps the most memorable of all the verses in Proverbs. Let me set it up for you. 
Solomon writes 31 individual proverbs. They are not tied together. There's no cohesiveness as it relates to settings or stories. 31 separate sermons, revelations, utterings of God for the people of God. And <laughs> here's what the great theologian uh, that, that I studied under at CIU, Dr. Terry Hubbard, once said in Old Testament survey, a few of those Proverbs, uh, God speaks to Solomon directly and says, son, <laughs> this one is for you. Such is the case of Proverbs chapter 3. It starts off in verse 1 and, 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 and it writes, my son, my son. In other words, God speaking to King Solomon. You've got to understand that this was uh, the renaissance spirit of the nation of Israel. They were riding high. They were the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. Through the help of God, they had defeated all of their enemies. David had been king. David had conquered so much territory. David was undefeated in battle. Uh, and so Israel was riding high. Here's what God said to me. God says, we need to learn how to trust God perhaps more when we're doing well than when we're doing bad. Because we have no problems running to God when we broke, busted, and disgusted. Our problem is that when we get lifted up, when we get elevated, when we get that job, when we get that position, when we get the house, when we get what God has promised us, that's when we sort of lose our passion for God. And so you understand now the setting. God speaks to Solomon, who is now the wisest man on earth. People from all over, Ethiopia and other places, came to seek the wisdom of King Solomon. God says, I want to help you understand something, Solomon, young man Solomon, uh, that although you are wise and although you're smart, don't you ever get so full of yourself that you forget it was me who made all of this possible. So even in your wisdom, even in your human interpretation of humanity and understanding, don't lose sight of what God has done for you. Can I speak to somebody in here? Don't you ever lose sight, no matter how blessed you are. In fact, I am convinced that the more blessed you are, the more you ought to praise God. The better your business is doing, the more you ought to tithe, the more you ought to pray. You ought to come to Bible study even more so. We got it backwards. When we're about to experience foreclosure, when we're losing everything, they can't pry us away from the altar. But when things are going good, we're too busy to give God the glory. But when God blesses you, you ought to be the first one at the altar because you ought to say, Lord, if it had not been for you on my side, where would I be? Listen to this. Listen to this. Trust in the Lord. Here's what the text says. We're going to read the text and we're going to share three things in the text. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Three key points that Solomon writes in this text. 
God is speaking, and these points transcend time, and they apply to us today as they did to Solomon thousands of years ago. Point number one is this. We must trust the Lord with all our heart. Look at somebody and say, with all your heart. Here's the thing about trust. Trust is an all or nothing proposal. You can't halfway trust somebody and think you have a healthy relationship. I gave the analogy this morning. My wife wasn't here, so I tell it now, and she's here. I says, if someone was to interview my wife and I, and they asked us after 30-plus years of marriage, uh, how is your relationship? I know you guys trust each other. And my wife looked at the interviewer and say, I kind of trust him. That is no cause to celebration. Deacon Smith, you've been married longer than I have. If they look at it and say, I kind of trust you, what does that mean? Kind of trust means no trust. Amen? And so if, if we kind of trust God, if we trust God a little bit, God says that's a Offensive to me because I require your whole heart. Partial trust, kind of trust, is no trust at all. If God cannot be trusted with our whole heart, then God cannot be trusted at all. So the question for us today is can you trust him with your whole heart? Can you trust God with everything you have? God, even when I don't, uh, I don't know how I'm going to make it, I trust you. My darkest hour, I can trust you. Don't fool me now, but is there anybody in here who's had to trust God when your backs were against the wall? You had no earthly idea what would happen. In fact, everybody wrote you off. And the only thing you had was your faith in God. How many of you have had to trust God uh, in dark times and hard times and difficult times? Come on, somebody. Clap those hands and give God a hand of praise. In fact, lift those hands and say, Lord, I trust you. Trust in the Lord, point number one says, with all your heart. <laughs> that means with everything that's in you, you have to trust in the Lord. If you can't totally trust God, if you can't trust God during your most difficult times, God said, you have no trust in me at all. You have to totally rely on the fact that the God you serve is still a good God. I'm preaching to somebody in here right now, and the enemy is trying to convince you to halfway trust God. Look at somebody and say, the devil is a lie. How many of you trust God all the way? If you trust God with your whole heart, with your whole heart, just take 10 seconds to clap those hands and tell the Lord, I trust you. I trust. Come on, come on Zion. Lord, I trust. Ooh, I'm preaching to somebody right now that's going through something and your 
heart seems to be divided. God says, you can't serve man and God at the same time. You've got to make a decision, I'm all the way in or I'm all the way out. Here's what Jesus said to John on the island of Patmos concerning the church of the Laodiceans. He says, I've got a problem with the Laodicean church because they are not hot nor cold. And because you are lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Who wants a sometime in relationship? Who, who wants folk that are hot one day and cold the next day? God says, I'd rather you be consistent. I'd rather you be all the way cold, but be all the way hot. But you can't be for God one day, and the next day you're angry at God. You've got to trust God even when you're broke and your money runs out, and when folk treat you like dirt, and when nobody seems to be around you to lift your spirits up, you've got to still say, but Lord, I trust you. I'm preaching to somebody this morning who all you have is a relationship with God. Come on, do me a favor. Stand to your feet and lift those hands and say, I'm all the way in. If you don't mean it, don't declare it. Lord, I trust you. I trust you with all my heart. Here's the second key point. We must trust God more than all human reasoning and human understanding. You can't rely on your intellect. You can't rely on your own abilities. You can't rely on any human understanding or intellect or companionship over God. I don't care how much somebody else loves you, they can never take the place of God in your life. I don't care what good advice you get from other people, nothing takes the place of God speaking to you and you are understanding what God is saying to you. Human understanding is limited. We as human beings do not understand or know everything. We cannot figure out everything. Listen, this is how the Message Bible puts this. The Message Bible says, don't try to figure it out on your own. Uh, you can't figure it out. I don't care how well you are. You, you can't make a way for yourself. You've got to be to the point where you are totally submissive to the will of God in your life. You can't make it. On your own. Human understanding is often influenced by our own frailties, our own flawed nature. It is often influenced by our own sinful nature. Your answers are based on what your nature is. And if certain things are just predisposed in your life, then you're going to view it that way. But when you view it from God's perspective, you take your understanding out of it. And you say, God, show me the way. God, make it better in my life. How many of you have prayed for clear understanding and you've just had to trust God? And when God speaks, you've got to listen to God above what anybody else says. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. 
God says, do you trust me? Human understanding leads to spiritual blindness. It leads to a hard heart. It leads us to be contrary to everything God says. But here's the third one, and I like it. We must acknowledge God in all that we do. Look at somebody and say, God gets the glory. In everything you do, you acknowledge God. When you wake up in the morning, thank you, God. Before you eat your food, thank you, God. On the job you work, no matter how uncomfortable or how much you do not enjoy, thank you, God. I got a job. If you can raise your hands, thank you, God. If, if, if you can blink your eyes, thank you, God. Uh, if there's clothes on your back, thank you, God. If your children came home safe last night, good God Almighty, thank you, God. How many of you know how to give God the praise for everything, for every success in your life, for every milestone in your life? You've got to acknowledge God for, for everything you attempt to do for every decision you make in your life you've got to pray over it if folk want you to make a decision right away you need to push the pause button and you need to tell them I'll get back with you and they say I need to know right now where well, you've got to wait one minute I have to consult somebody greater than me. How many of you know how to take it to the Lord in prayer? I just need a few witnesses in here that know how to pray to the Lord and say, have your way, Lord. Anybody know what God is able to do? I feel somebody right now knowing that God is able to do it. Tell somebody God can work it out. God can work it out. We must acknowledge God in all that we do, and God will direct our paths. Listen to how two translations put this. The New Living Translation says this, God will show us which path to take. <laughs> when we pray, God will show us which path. To somebody just, somebody just, own that word. Somebody just took hold of that word. How many of you are going through something right now? You've got to make a decision in your life. God said, I'll show you which path to take. But I like what the Message Bible says. The Message Bible puts it this way. It says, listen to God's voice in everything you do. Every place you go. He is the one that will keep you on track and he will keep you from falling and to present you faultless. How many of you know the only reason some of us are still on track and we haven't lost our minds is because we've leaned on God and we've depended on God. Can I, can I preach to somebody? Has, has God made a way? Please, please look at somebody and say, this is my testimony. If it had not 
been for the guidance of God in my life. Baby, you, you would be looking at somebody whose life would be totally different. Now, everybody perhaps don't have this testimony, but all of you that got a testimony that God brought me out of so much and God turned so many things around in my life. And when I did not know how I would come out of this, but God in my life. Come on, Zion. Lift those hands and say, God did it. God, 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 God did it. God did it. Now, it now, this does not mean, this does not mean that I didn't have struggles in my life. This does not mean that things did not go wrong in my life. But I want to show you a scripture. Uh, in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 24, 25, and 26, the New Living Translation upstairs. I want to leave you with this scripture. There are times in which the enemy confuses us, stresses us out. My wife can attest to this for the last couple of weeks. The enemy somehow had, had infiltrated my psyche and made it very difficult for somebody who never had problems sleeping, never worried about anything, but for some reason, the enemy had touched my body with an accelerated heartbeat, and I went to the doctor just on the other week, and he looked at me, put me on the machine, Brother Chip, and he says, something is bothering you. Your heart is beating abnormally fast. Something, he says, man, I don't have any medicine for you, but I've got some advice for you. Whatever it is on your mind, you've got to let it go. And I said, Lord, it took a secular physician to tell me what I already know, and that is I ought to trust you, and you have already figured it out. What happened to me was that I was shouldering too many things. I was allowing too many burdens to go to bed with me. And I was wrestling with all kinds of issues, family, church, business-wise, uh, political-wise. And God says, you lost focus. And then I saw Proverbs 3, 24. The New Living Translation. This is for everybody that the devil has tried to steal your peaceful night's sleep. Can I preach to everybody that the enemy has tried to keep you up at night? Look at your neighbor and say, this is for every sleepless demon in your house. Ooh. Look at God. Look at God. Verse 24, he says, you can go to bed without fear you will lie down and sleep soundly let me preach to this side of the church look at can I prophesize in here and say this week will be the best week of sleep somebody's going to get Everything you worried about for the last 11 months, God says, I'm going to erase it from your psyche. You can go to bed without fear. Woo! You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord, good God Almighty, 
Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, for the Lord is your security. The Lord is your security. When you sleep at night, it's not because the alarm is on. It's because the angels of God are encamped around you. Who am I preaching to? Somebody ought to give God a Shabbat praise in here from the depths of your belly. Can I read verse 26? In fact, help me, church. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, for the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap and tell him if you know the Lord is keeping you, what are you worried about? If you know the Lord is keeping you, why don't you sing and shout that this next praise is not for everybody, but for all of those that the enemy has tried to steal your peace and you are declaring on this last Sunday in November 2018 that the devil cannot have your peace from the depths of your belly. Give God your best Shabbat. Come on, Zion. Leave your seat. Meet me at the altar and tell the Lord, I trust you. I'll trust you. I'll trust you. I'll trust you. I'll trust you. Lord, I trust you. The sleepless demons got to leave your house. Woo! The worried demons got to leave your house. The anxiety demons got to leave your house. I feel that preaching. Everything that kept you up at night got to leave your house. And I will keep you in perfect peace. Come on, Zion. Come on, Zion. Come on, Zion. Come on, Zion. It's over. Tell somebody it's over. Lord, I trust you. It's over. I'm not worried anymore. Your children will be all right. Your grandchildren are already saved. Your house will be paid off. Your job is already there. Your next blessing has already been. Excuse me.
if you don't feel the need to praise God. But I praise God over the prophetic word that every negative assignment that the enemy had with your name on it has been canceled. That sleepless demon that had an appointment with you tonight, that assignment has been canceled. Excuse me, excuse me, you can go to bed without fear, you will lie down and sleep soundly, you need not be afraid of sudden disaster, for the Lord is your security. Can I prophesize? Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, your debts are paid off. Say, neighbor, it's already paid off. Somebody's about to get a supernatural blessing. Can I, I want I, I, somebody, God's about to bless Leap for joy if you receive that word. And say, Lord, I receive that word. I'll trust you. 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 The devil is a liar. Someone is about to have the best week of 2018. In fact, God says change that. Somebody is about to have the best week of your life. Woo! Come on and put a quick praise on that. I You've got to learn how to put a praise on a prophetic word. Touch two people. Say, get ready for the best week of your life. Woo! this place don't tell me what God can do I heard your testimony brother Ivan <laughs> man it blessed me that's a but God praise only God can take something that men thought 
would destroy you. And God can use it to elevate you. <laughs> Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for my good. Listen to the words of Brother Richard Smallwood. Lord, you are my refuge. <laughs> Somebody lift those hands and say, in you, I'll trust. Lord, you are my fortress. <laughs> in you, I'll trust. I won't dread the terror by night. Angels are all around me. <laughs> so I will not fear. When I call you, you will answer. In time of trouble, when I call you, you will answer. You will. You will deliver. <laughs> I'll trust you. Somebody lift those hands and say, I'll trust you. I will dwell under your shadow. Somebody ought to know that you can trust God even when you can't feel him. Amen. Come on, praise team. Amen. Take a moment right now to close those eyes and just lift those hands and ooh, as we worship God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's right. This is personal. This is just you and God right now. In you, Lord. mighty fortress all around you. Yeah, you are my fortress, Lord.
Guess what? Angels. Angels. Uh, anybody know that God's got some angels? Yeah, yeah. So. I will not. Listen, Lord, when I call you, you will answer me. Come on, everybody lift those voices and say, when I call you. Lift those hands and tell them you will answer. In time of trouble. Call you, yeah. Lord, you will answer. You will deliver. Now, all of the faith walkers, lift those hands and say, "I'll trust you." have a relationship with God in the absence of a relationship with God you will fear everything that the enemy brings your way you will walk the floor at night and worry about am I losing my mind what I discovered the last two weeks was that the enemy does not exempt any of us. Here I am, a minister, preacher. This is literally the truth. I'm lying in my bedroom, and the enemy is telling me you're having a heart attack. The enemy says you're about to leave here. The body is feeling funny. Something is going on. Whew. I preach every Sunday. Trust God. But here's what I discovered, Jennifer. Telling folk what God can do is no substitute for me believing what God can do for me. Ooh. I got to the point where even the other Tuesday night when I missed church, I told Mac, don't even say it. I, at the doctor, taking that EKG, monitoring my heart, leaving there and God spoke to me God says I've got this 
God says, you didn't have to go to a physician to tell you that the enemy has put burdens on you that you ought to put on me. <laughs> and then the scriptures say, cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you. And I had to serve notice on the enemy the other night. I said, that's it. Not another sleepless night. Not another night will I toss and turn. I say, if God decides to take me home, I'm ready to be home. But in the meantime, I'm going to trust God as long as I'm here. Is there anybody know that you can trust God? Tell him when I call him. Come on, come on and tell him. Everybody lift those voices and say, when I call him. Lord, you'll answer. In times, times. When I call you, Lord. Everybody that know what God will do. Ah, come on, Zion, yeah. Somebody say, Lord, I trust you. After this prayer, listen to this challenge. God is challenging someone in here. God says what you need to do is cast every care you have on me. In fact, I want to say this. I said it this morning. This Tuesday night is going to be a special service because I want you to bring every burden, every care you have write it on a piece of paper we're going to set up a box at the altar and I want you to drop it there and we're going to pray for you and when you leave this altar you will not carry those problems those burdens back with you amen we are calling this trust me Tuesday night service God says you got to trust me amen but it begins with the relationship and so if you're in here today, you don't have to be perfect, but you want today to be the first day of a brand new relationship with God, just meet me at the altar and say, I am ready to begin trusting God for every aspect of my life. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you this day. Thank you for this second message of this series. 
thank you for this challenging question. Do we trust you? Even when we can't see it or feel it, can we still trust you? The answer is, Lord, we trust you. Because when we call you, you answer. <laughs> we are not dreading the terror by night. But we know angels are watching over us. Thank you, Lord. Perhaps there's someone in here this morning, God, who want to solidify their relationship with you. They have been coming to church for the past 11 months. And now you are challenging them to take that step towards a relationship with you. This is, this is not about church membership. <laughs> this is about kingdom relationships. And we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. And those who believe that God has already answered your prayers, say amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, I'll trust you. If you hear, anyone want to make that commitment this morning? Come on. If God is calling you today. Step out of your comfort zone. Step out of your comfort zone. God is challenging you. I will. Thank you, young lady. Thank you, Elder Sarah. Bring her at this altar. Come on. That's all right, baby. Come on. Anyone else? When I call you, Lord. Anyone else? Come on. This young lady was bold enough to come. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyone else coming here? Yeah. God bless you, man. Look at God. You. Ah, uh, Lord. Uh, someone else, if you're here this morning, God, lift those hands and tell God, Lord, I trust you. Anyone else? Someone else is coming down the aisles. Come on, someone meet me. I will. Come on, Bible way, clap those hands. Look at God. Come on, somebody. I'll trust you. Is there anybody else want to trust God this morning? Any, anyone else? Clap those hands. Give God a hand of praise for these. I won't. Yeah. All around me. So. 
feel as we stand and prepare for our benediction. Give God a 